I realized that a lot of the narrative of I want to be a mom, I need to be a mom, was actually not mine. It was society's. It was my family's. It was the expectation that that's just part of the path instead of, is this actually what I want for my life? And when I checked in with my highest values, you know, which include freedom, flexibility, I I found myself wondering how kids fit into that mix. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things real talk and conscious conversations about shit that really fucking matters. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, your go-to bisexual polyamorous confidence coach who tells it as it is and owns her mess. If you're here to live your fuck yes life, welcome home, my love. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to episode 136 of the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, your host, truth teller, human mess of a human. (laughs) Um, And uh, today, it's just you and me. We're just chatting uh, about something that has been, God, it's been on my list of things to talk about in more detail on the podcast for a really long time. Honestly, since really close to the beginning of me starting this podcast, which was three years ago now, which is bonkers to my brain. Um, and it's it's something that I have been thinking about a lot lately for a lot of reasons. Um, and I want to talk about openly with you all and honestly start a discussion hmm, around this because I think it is so so important, um, that we do that, um, that first of all, I share this, this part of myself, this, this piece of my heart. Um, and, and also that we start talking about how it's okay to question these things. You know, this podcast is all about questioning, uh, the uh, quote unquote norm and the standard that society has has um created for us you know um and we've done that in so many ways and i have brought on so many folks to talk about things from gender to sexuality to how we do relationships to uh you know navigating eating disorder cycles uh, to so many fucking things but the one thing we haven't really talked about in any length is the concept outside of the relationship escalator when it comes to you know uh non-monogamy and how you know frankly a lot of the times so and not always but a lot of the time people step into non-monogamy or polyamory because they are finding the concept of the traditional uh relationship escalator or the nuclear family to be outside of what feels actually good to them and they're looking for a path that's an alternative way to live and love on terms that actually feel right for them. And, you know, instead of being stuck in this, I, you know, meet somebody, fall in love, move in together, you know, get engaged, get married, buy a house, have kids, you know, spend 40 to 50 years together until we die. And that is life. And 
maybe you're listening and you are non-monogamous and maybe you believe in relationship anarchy and maybe you don't really understand the institution of marriage or believe that it's the only way to go. Or maybe you are somebody who's solo polyamorous and loves living by yourself and treats yourself as your primary partner and doesn't really want uh, the traditional, you know, living arrangements that a lot of people desire. Or maybe you're not non-monogamous at all. Maybe you're, you're, you're very, very sure that monogamy is the path for you. You feel super great about it. But you know and have always known that you don't want kids. Or maybe you are somewhere in the fucking middle and have question marks about all of these things. And if any of that resonates, you are in the right place. And if any of that resonates, I am resonating right there with you. Because so much of my path and my journey has been in that middle ground that question mark the you know I don't really believe in marriage as an institution generally speaking but I feel really strongly about my decision to have gotten married to Kev and um and I'm really grateful for that um experience and the fact that we are married it uh definitely uh, allows for a lot of privileges and a lot of um of positives in our world that I wouldn't give up for the world. Um, you know, I, I also really do love living with a partner, um, or frankly, just anybody. Um, I, I love having a a full house. (laughs) I was telling Kev the other day, I was like, can we just have people coming constantly and just like, you know, live in here for chunks? Cause it's so nice, um, (laughs) to have just like people in love filling up the house. Um, you know, and, and for a long, long time, long, long time, I was sure, and I mean sure, that I wanted kids. I even basically told Kev on our first date that if he didn't think he wanted kids, that like there was no point in us having a second date because I was positive that I wanted kids. And ironically, most of you might be thinking, oh, you changed your mind because you became polyamorous. And it was like, oh, life is not necessarily leading that way anymore. And now kids are complicated and blah, blah, blah. And actually, no, it was something entirely different um, that sparked a complete 180 of feeling on that for myself. And that was finding out that I had the BRCA1 gene. Um, when I was, I just turned 27 and almost like overnight, not only did I make the decision to chop off my tits as I always so lovingly call it. Um, but I also overnight went from wanting kids to like vehemently not wanting kids and it feeling really complicated and really unclear and really murky in my brain. And that was drawing to me. It was drawing to Kev. It was drawing to, yeah, I mean, the whole path and, like, concept of the nuclear family that I had dreamed of, I guess, like, imagined that I had uh, believed would be my future, my reality for so, so long. And all of a sudden, my future that I was picturing looked very, very different, you know. And part of it was rooted in fear 
Yes, a thousand percent. I mean, when you get diagnosed with a gene mutation like the BRCA1 gene, you know, what a lot of people don't know and what I haven't talked about in length um, is that not only does it impact your risk for breast cancer, but it also deeply impacts my risk for ovarian cancer. And many folks who have this gene um, have their ovaries and often full hysterectomies by the time they're 35, which means that family planning has to happen much sooner and much more intentionally than one might think or consider, especially in the climate that we're living in. Uh, but on top of that, um, you know, uh, there's also the ethical questions that automatically started getting raised, which is this gene mutation is a genetic predisposition, which means that any offspring I have that are genetically mine um, have a 50-50 chance of having the gene. And ethically, could I have a kid that, um, you know, had that risk? Would I feel comfortable with that? And if not, you know, yes, there are IVF options. Yes, we've advanced so much in terms of being able to screen for things like that. But do I want to put myself through that? Do I think that's ethical? I mean, there are so many fucking questions. And I just found myself feeling this deep resounding no in my body. And that was, you know, three plus years ago now. Um, and during that time, I've pretty much stayed very strongly attached to the, the no kids life, the no kids uh, perspective. And it's not just been because of me having the BRCA1 gene. It's It's been so much more complicated than that. I mean, the amount of unlearning and unprogramming and questioning that I've actually done in the last three years has been astronomical. I always say that non-monogamy forces this flashlight into your deepest wounds, but it also forces you to step into a space where you get to choose. It's a choose your own adventure. It's like those fucking books, right? Where you get to say, oh, this actually feels right for me. This is who I am. I'm going to move here now. Instead of just operating solely within the prescribed nature of society. And I realized that a lot of the narrative of I want to be a mom, I need to be a mom, was actually not mine, it was societies. It was my families. It was the expectation that that's just part of the path instead of, is this actually what I want for my life? And when I checked in with my highest values, you know, which include freedom, flexibility, I, I found myself wondering how kids fit into that mix. And also, when I looked at, you know, the culture and society as, as it is, I found myself asking, is it ethical to bring a child into this life um, right now, you know, into the world as it is? Um, and I found myself feeling more and more like the answer was no. And I want to just say that if you are someone who feels so strongly about having kids or have a child recently or bringing kids into your, you know, the world feels really, really aligned for you, like that's totally great and fine and beautiful. And also, 
it isn't for a lot of people. And the expectation that that is just what every woman should do is really, really, really frustrating. And I've had a lot of conversations with my friends in their 20s, 30s who are childless and who get bombarded with questions from their family members, peers. Oh, when are you going to have a baby? It's like you get married and that expectation that that you're going to have a baby is just there, right? Immediately. Sometimes even before that happens. And there are so many reasons why people don't want kids. There are so many fucking reasons. (laughs) And yet there is not the consideration for that ever. I don't, I rarely witness that I see people constantly being asked and squirming at the question. And it has been something I've experienced firsthand, you know. Uh, And it is challenging, you know, especially as recovering people pleasers, which I know so many of us are, you know, it's challenging in and of itself to set boundaries, right? We might know what we need to set boundaries around, but to actually say them out loud is tough. But to hold those boundaries when we are being pushed on them, when we are being constantly asked um, and and have our boundaries being breached over and over again by the simple ask of, oh, well, when are you thinking of having kids? <laughs> and it's like, I already specifically said, please do not talk about this, Right. It's exhausting and and it also starts to make you question or certainly has had me like, am I crazy for not wanting this? Am I wrong for feeling the lack of pull here, you know, when so many people feel like it's their destination? And I know that this podcast episode is going to be one of my most controversial, which is ironic because... I mean, having kids is just a fucking decision like anything else, right? I mean, it's 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 not like, you know, I talk about sexuality and polyamory all the fucking time and that shit is considered so taboo and those things are not choices. Those things are motherfucking identities, right? They're like parts of ourselves that just exist and are. But having kids, it's it's a choice. It's a choice. And I bet you this is going to be one of my most controversial podcast episodes. And it's so interesting because I have so many friends in the last few years who've had kids. And, you know, I find myself wondering, you know, two things. One, am I crazy for not wanting this thing that everyone seems to need to want? But I actually don't think I do. But maybe I should. And, and two, you know, it's the, it's the, the very interesting narrative that, you know, unless you've had kids, like, you, you don't get it, right? And that once somebody has a kid, their whole life is going to revolve around the kid and that if you don't have a kid, you're not going to be able to be friends with that person anymore. You're not going to be able to identify with them anymore and it's going to be, you're going to lose a friend in the process and... I'll be the first to say that that has definitely happened to me. Definitely. Um, I've literally had a friend (laughs) say to me, like, I feel like people who have kids, their problems, like, don't even feel like problems, like, 
because they just don't understand what it's like to have a kid and the exhaustion attached to that. Literally right after I had talked about something I was navigating in my world that was really challenging for me. And I was like, cool. Thanks for totally invalidating everything I just told you. Glad to know that my problems aren't problems anymore. Thanks for that. And there are also the people who have kids and are amazing and still supportive and incredibly, you know, there for you. And I get it. Like you, uh, once once you've been through something, like you want to connect with folks who have been through similar things. I get it. I love talking to other polyamorous folks. I love talking to other folks who have come out come out later in life. I love connecting with people who have the BRCA gene and have been through a preventative double mastectomy. You know, it's so, so amazing to connect with people who are in community with you, who understand your struggles firsthand, who it's like a, you know, shorthand the way that you can talk to one another. And I get that I will not have that experience with other moms. I get that. And it also really fucking sucks, you know, and it's this really interesting thing where I'm like, am I, is the only reason that I'm considering having kids because I don't want to ostracize myself from my friends? Is the only reason that I don't want to have kids because I'm going to have the imposter syndrome of, well, these, all these people have a happy and fulfilled life because they have children. And here I am with my two fur babies, you know, traveling the world with my multiple partners, you know? And does, is one path wrong and the other path right? And there just is, it's just black and white like that, you know? Or am I going to regret it later in life when I'm, you know, 85 and I need help and I don't have a young person who is, you know, directly related to me by blood there to support me, there to take care of me? But then it's like, is that not the most selfish reason to have kids, <laughs> you know? It's just so interesting. And and this all comes up right now for me because we are approaching the three-year anniversary of my preventative double mastectomy um, on December 3rd. It will be three years. And two years since my book, I Chopped Off My Tits, um, was birthed. <laughs> the only baby I have had thus far in my life. Um, and it also is because I turned 30 uh, on February of this year. And that marks a very interesting time in my world when it comes to my risk attached to ovarian cancer. You know, I I am a seriously at risk from a... Uh, from that space and that also means that my timeline of making a decision of what I want to do when it comes to kids is reducing more and more each day and I made a promise with myself when I found out that I had the BRCA gene mutation that I would give myself till 30 to start thinking about or talking about or making any decisions attached to kids because it was too fucking overwhelming to be dealing with that and also chopping off my tits at the same time. I was like full panic attack mode. I was like, can't fucking do that. And it's, you know, it's been three years since my surgery and I still don't have any answers uh, that pull me towards a yes. But then there's always the what ifs, right? What if at 35, 
I have gone through with you know, getting my ovaries removed or a full hysterectomy or whatever it's going to end up looking like for me preventatively. And I decide I do want kids. And of course, there are always um, alternatives outside of having, you know, your own kids um, from, a, from a genetic standpoint. But it feels like a big fucking decision that um, uh, is a forever decision in a lot of ways. And one that I just don't want to make. I don't want to make it. I, I, um, I'm just going to say that, like, I don't want to have to make that choice. And I feel overwhelmed by it every day. I feel overwhelmed by the fact that I'm in a position where I have to, you know, potentially go into menopause at 35. I mean, that sounds fucking terrible. And, um, I've been sitting with that for a while, but I'm really sitting in it right now. And I don't come to you today to share really much of anything figured out or closed. I'm coming to you in the mess of it all because maybe, just maybe, I'm not alone in this. And maybe, just maybe, no matter what your experience is, um, or why you're contemplating not having kids, or what family means to you, and breaking apart this idea of the nuclear family because it doesn't actually support your life. You know, maybe you can relate. Maybe you're questioning a lot of that too. Maybe you're wondering if bringing a kid into this world makes sense, or if you want to raise a kid in the typical way that we do. Or maybe you also had the BRCA gene and you're fucking struggling with this too. <sighs> because it sucks. It really fucking sucks. And um, it also is totally fucking okay and valid and beautiful if you know fully that having kids is not your path. Because holy shit, there are so many other things to life than having a kid and whether that's you starting a business or uh, frolicking and using all the money you would use on fucking diapers and food and everything that a, a kid just like funnels out of you into experiences and traveling the world and that class you always wanted to take uh or you know shower your fucking fur babies with love I mean there are so many things that you could do make a difference put your money to uh, use on a more global space invest in you know really epic companies and charities that are, are are moving the mark forward you know I mean there is just so much so many different paths you can take in life and it doesn't have to look scripted it doesn't have to look a certain way for it to be valid and I'm telling myself this just as much as I am telling you and hopes that whatever your your needs are in that space um, you might feel a little bit less alone and that it's okay to not want what fucking the world and a society rooted in the nuclear family dynamic um, is telling you to want because there's so much more to life than just one path. 
That's what makes human beings so fascinating. That's what makes life so diverse. And um, as I continue to sift through this journey, and I will be talking more about it, I am sure, um, you know, thank you for listening and being here with me and questioning things alongside of me because that's how we grow. That's how we learn. And that's how we get one step closer to living our fuck yes lives. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, being here with me. Um, I made it a short one this week so that we could, you know, fully soak in um, with our families for those of us who are celebrating and taking some time off. Um, I hope you are resting. I hope you are eating such good food. And I hope you are giving yourself some grace because you deserve it. And until next time, I will see you on the flip side. Bye-bye.